Welcome everyone to the Money Mentors podcast. My name is Glenn Fairburn um, and I'm here with, with Nathan Lear. Uh, we have had a bit of a break for, for a couple of months, so apologies for that, but we're, we're keen to obviously keep the podcast going. And as we said from the outset, our, our motivation is really to improve financial literacy, financial awareness, bring you topics that uh, might be pretty um, boisterous in, in the media and so forth. So obviously keen to keep that going on. Um, we're in spring now, so obviously there's a few things that are, that are happening in the financial circles, but um, there's also a lot of exciting things happening in and around Melbourne. So I'll um, say hello to uh, my co-host Nathan. Nathan, how's it all going? Good, thanks, Glenn. Yeah, it's good, good time of year. The weather's uh, always you know nice and nice and uh, warming up in in springtime. Finals footies in the air. Um, we both love our our pies, Collingwood. So. Uh, Got a big prelim this weekend, so pretty excited, aren't we, for that? Definitely. I think it's, it's sort of one of the first signs of spring. I think in Melbourne in particular, yes, the weather, it's been okay. I mean, it started to pick up a little bit in the last sort of week or so, but I think, um, you know, September or spring in, in general in, in Melbourne, you know, there's that smell of finals in the air. Um, you know, I, I think for me, it's it's, it's finals. It's, it's, you know, when people start cutting their grass outside, you start smelling the, the grass cuttings in the air. Um but also, I suppose, from a from an investment perspective, you start hearing a lot more about property. You know, the spring sales. There seems to be a lot more um, focus on 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 property this time of the year. Obviously, later on in the year, we have the the spring racing carnival, and I suppose that's a little bit of a segue into what we wanted to have a bit of a chat about today. Um, it might have been this time last year. There was a lot of doomsday. There's a lot of sort of very negative predictions as to what the market was going to do. Um, I think the, the the media tends to focus on you know those doomsday worst case type scenarios, um, and, we, and we did have a little bit of a downturn. But I suppose we just wanted to have a chat about e- even w- where the market was was sitting this time last year, leading into spring. Um, what, what's actually happened over that twelve month period, and, and really where we see the market going from uh, from here on in. Um, so so how how do you think the market has has sort of performed um in the last year or so on the back of what was some pretty dire sort of predictions as to what the market was going to do yeah so so i and look i wrote a blog this week on this very topic and i thought it'd be good to have this discussion today so uh, exactly a year ago um pretty much the the 60 minutes did a report um which they they titled bricks and slaughter um where it was quite sensationalist, but they had a, a couple of you know the the experts they roll in, um, and the the gist of the the kind of report or the segment was that um, there's a good chance that you know property prices in Melbourne, however you define that, sorry not Melbourne, property prices across Australia, I should say. So whether that's the Melbourne market, Canberra, Sydney, who knows? Take it as you wish, but the property market could fall forty percent. So I remember when I was watching that report, I was like, this is you know this is crazy. The way this has been reported, at the scary music and all that, like you know, people could actually act on this that don't don't have much financial literacy. So you know, part of this podcast is we're trying to educate people and and whatnot. So you know, twelve months ago, I wrote that blog and I just said, just just be careful. Like, yes, that's a point of view, but how, what's the market? Um, you know, if you are looking to buy, you know, don't 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 maybe not buy because you think it's going to crash forty percent. Like, just yeah. do your own research. So I think that's just the the way that. The media and look, you know, we're not we're not we're not going to media bash you. It, it's it's all clickbait. It's how, how do you get grab people's attention? And, and fair enough, you know, we did go through a fairly major property correction in countries like the US and UK, and everyone 
always looks at those countries and says, oh, whatever happens there is going to happen in mm. Australia. It's just a, just a matter of time. But I, I think, you know, whether it's financial markets, economics, you can always find someone to support your view. You know, that's that whole confirmation bias. I mean, if you think markets are going to fall and you keep Googling off oh, falling property market, falling property market, that's all you're going to read about, isn't it? Whereas sometimes you need to sort of take that bigger picture sort of view, step outside and, and really look at the, the, main, the, the main drivers because quite often the time, the worst case scenario doesn't happen, does it? I mean, it's, it's just the reality. Hmm. So, so the point of my, my blog and this, and this podcast today, just wanted to look at what, it, what has actually happened over the past 12 months because, you know, we, I read this report and, and oh, sorry, watched that segment on 60 Minutes and it could have been worst case, maybe 40%. But so what has actually happened over the past 12 months? So, um, so core data... Uh, sorry, CoreLogic reduced their um, you know performance figures on the values of properties, and for the past twelve months um, across Australia, so a national figure, um, the, the the total decline has been one point five percent, negative negative one point five percent across Australia. Across Australia, so that includes kind of rental income. So that's kind of total. Call, let's call it total return. Mm-hmm. So. Within that, um, you know, some states have done better, some have done worse, but uh, it shows you that firstly, you know, over the past 12-month period hasn't fallen by that much, um, but probably more um, positively, uh, over the past three months or past quarter to the end of August, um, both Sydney and Melbourne have appreciated by very close to 2%. So 1.9% for Sydney, 1.8% for, for Melbourne. So it just does show that perhaps they're, they're out of the woods, so to speak. They're in that recovery mode now. Yeah, and look, once again, it really depends on, on who you talk to as well because there there is a... I mean, first of all, before we talk about how the market's done more recently, I think the key theme to look at when, you, when you're looking at the performance of the Australian property market is how fragmented that market is, isn't it? Because, you know... The Melbourne property market is very different to the Perth property market as to what's driving the performance of each of those respective markets. And then within Melbourne, there's different suburbs that are performing differently. So to look at an overall forecast as to what property markets will do, it, it's almost impossible because every single state's going to perform differently and then every suburb within that state um, is going to perform differently. We, we, look, whether we're out of the woods yet, I don't know. Like personally, I'm sort of a, a bit un, unsure as to what the future of the market is. I mean, there has been some discussion that, yeah, the market has recovered a little bit, but in very thin volumes. Uh, I mean, there's not a lot of stock on, on the market at the moment. People are just sort of well, sitting on their hands. Well, now it's going to test that theory. Sept- yeah. September and, and spring is when people start listing their properties. So I, I imagine the supply is going to increase significantly. Because auction clearance rates have been pretty high in the last sort of month yeah. or so, haven't they? Sort of around 70%. Yeah, getting close to, to 80 in some cases. So... And that's coming off below 50. There's a period where they're below 50%. So, you know, less than half properties uh, were selling at auction. But it makes you a question, are there just less houses? I don't know the actual numbers. Are there less houses going for auction? The volume's down. And I think people have been holding off for for the warmer weather and also to see a bit of a a correction perhaps. Some people have been, maybe they were going to sell a year ago. They're like, you know what, now I don't want to sell at the bottom of the market. I might wait to see if it turns. Uh, and maybe that's going to bring more supply. And, and rates have come off a bit as well recently, so that's that's maybe going to provide a little bit of a of downside protection for the market. Because I mean, really, they're the main drivers, aren't they, for property values? If we're looking at okay, how's the market going to perform 
in the sort of foreseeable future, so short to medium term, then you're looking at what are they going to be the key drivers from a buyer's perspective. Um, I know unemployment just recently is probably at the highest level it's been in, in a little while. And I know we, when we spoke about property values last time, that, that was one of the key things that we said to look out for because generally interest rates play a, play a pretty important role as to how well affordability. So if rates are high, generally there's going to be less demand. But generally what you find is that if rates increase, people tend to find a way to hang on to their houses. But if you lose your job, that's where it becomes more difficult. And unemployment's still very, very low. But I think that if, if I was to talk to people about what are going to be the key um, parameters to look at to try and see what property markets are going to do, I reckon unemployment, for me, is the main one to look out for. Yeah, so unemployment has has kind of ticked up a little bit. As you said, still very low. So that hasn't um, really been an issue yet. But what has also helped um, over the past 12 months, you mentioned interest rates, yes, the um, the election result done and dusted and bit of stability. Yeah, there was a lot of uncertainty and things that were people were holding back from as well with capital gains tax and, and deductibility yep. of interest and so forth. That, that, that wasn't providing a lot of people with confidence, I suppose. So a bit of policy stability, uh, and then then we've got the some tax some tax cuts that come in that w- would help a little bit more money in people's pockets and and, and probably the last point I was just going to make on that is the 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 easing of lending standards. So yeah. you know there was a bit of a maybe an overcorrection um, in in credit policy and lending standards, but um, that's been eased a little bit, which gave the property market a bit more confidence, perhaps. So it's a bit easier for people to basically go out and get a loan. Yeah, and look, the, the if you look at the performance of the economy and how that would impact the property market, I mean, to be fair, the economy hasn't been going that great for the last couple of years, has it? And the market's still held up relatively well. Um, so so you'd be hopeful that with where rates are right now that there's not going to be a lot of pressure on the market. We're still seeing a lot of population growth, in particular around Melbourne and mm. Sydney. So you would think that longer term, um, those key drivers are there but in the short term anything's possible isn't it I don't think we're going to be sitting here trying to predict what the market's going to do because there's, there's things that may happen that we don't even know are going to happen so it's very difficult to try and predict what the market's going to do in the short term yeah exactly and we're yeah, to make that crystal clear we're, you know, we're definitely not trying to predict um, we, we try to have a balanced approach here and you know, we just don't probably don't like those extreme views um, probably like more you know more balanced views and, and if somebody's come out like the issue with that report a year ago if, if they're going to come out with somebody saying it's going to fall 40 we'll have someone that thinks it's going to rise by yeah. 20 or something to, to balance that off definitely i think whenever you're trying to make a decision you want to have a pretty balanced dis- decision mm. so i think balanced hi- argument i think historically um i'm not making a call here that there's going to be a fall or anything like that but i think historically if you look at some data um Australian house prices are relatively expensive um, and a common a common measure to gauge that I'm, I'm, and this by no means says it's going to fall but a common measure to gauge if a property market is expensive is the house price to income ratio so it basically just looks at the price of the, val- the, the value of the house against what the incomes in that country are of the people yeah so and, and uh, Australia the, the figure for Australia is 5.7 times um so versus for example 3.5 in the u.s to give a bit of a comparison but but in in sydney it's 11.7 times and in melbourne it's 9.7 times so that Mm. just does tell you that um yeah property as a bit of a benchmark or a measuring system property is somewhat expensive 
But do you think it's a, a geographic thing? I mean, if I think it's always hard to compare country to country, isn't it? Because yes, the, the yeah, just how our, our cities are, are located, where people live, it's it's very different to the US, isn't it? I mean, we've we've got you know a lot less states than what the US yeah. does, and, and no one lives in three quarters of the country. So I, I think it is one of those things that is diff- difficult to compare, isn't it? It is, but like just just look at you know if your income is fifty thousand and and it's ten times that in Melbourne, roughly you know five hundred thousand, but in but in another in another country it might cheaper, be two yeah. times or three times. Like yeah. it's just some kind of a benchmark you oh, can look at. Definitely, um, there's no doubt that you know if if for, for a lot of people servicing their mortgage is is quite you know a significant part of their income, isn't it? But it's like that Australian dream. We've probably got more of a driver and, and there's probably more people that want to own their home in Australia that's sort of increasing demand. We've probably got a natural inclination to want to live, you know, sort of bayside a lot near the water, whereas other countries around the world don't don't have that. So, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's a good, I think, comparison. And, and it can get more expensive. Like, yeah, that's right. It can it's, increase. Exactly. It doesn't Just, mean that it's going to go, prices are right. going to go down. Just because things are expensive doesn't mean they're not going to become more expensive. And we always hear about in Australia the... Um, um, you know, under supply issue of property and Im- immigration, population increasing. So you got to, you got to dig a bit deeper than just look at the you know price to income ratio, and yeah, it doesn't mean that it's going to go down just because it's at the upper levels, perhaps. And, and I think also it depends what the purpose of the property purchase is. Um, and I often say to clients and, and even friends that I talk to about property, you have to separate a lifestyle asset, in my view, from like an investment. Like if you if you're going to buy a house that you're going to live in for the next. 15, 20 years, perhaps you, you don't need or want the same sort of return that you would do if you're borrowing money as an investment. Mm. Um, and if you're taking that long-term view, history has shown us, and look, history is probably the only gauge um, to see what's going to happen in future. Not that it's a reliable indicator, but you know, longer term, you're probably still going to do okay. Mm. Even if it's at inflation, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see massive... Um, erosion of capital if, if you go ahead and buy a property in, in, in this market. Um, Glenn, the big thing that's, that, that often gets talked about in the, in the press is mortgage stress. Um, and you, know, you often hear data thrown out. Like you, usually they're more alarmist that you know, mortgage stress is yeah. on the rise and non-performing loans, you know, bank the default rates are on the rise and all that. Um, I, I suppose it's been you know, one thing that, that jumps out at me. I feel like this has been a bit of a, theme for many years now so it hasn't probably hasn't really happened has it? hasn't played out and look whether that's to, as you spoke about earlier to do with the unemployment staying pretty stable yeah you know, unemployment and also rates have remained low i mean yeah. we've probably i mean this is our 70th episode it's almost been running two years we've probably had different views as to where interest rates were going to go as well oh, of course yeah so we've yeah. probably thought look the only way is up but a lot of people got that wrong and rates have have fallen this year um there's expectations that might even fall further um, but people are managing, generally speaking, mo- most most people are managing to service their loans, you know, based on the current environment that we're in. Yeah, that's right. You know, ho- hopefully that doesn't change. And I don't think rates are going anywhere anytime soon. And as long as unemployment doesn't go crazy high, like employment doesn't fall or unemployment yeah. doesn't go up too much, um, that shouldn't be a big issue. No, I, crossed, I don't but. think over a long period of time, but there might just be in the short term generally markets aren't driven by those key drivers like it's just driven by emotion like people just start panic panicking and might sell properties and it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy so i think in the short term anything's possible but i think everything that we've spoken about 
as far as the drivers of property values, you know, I think longer term um, that, that things will be held up or things will hold up relatively well, but in the short term, anything's possible. And that's why, as we continually say, if you're looking at buying a property, whether it's a home or an investment and you need to borrow to do it, just make sure you're in a position where it's, it's comfortable financially that you can withstand interest rate increases even if even, even though they're likely to remain where they are that if you're out of work for a period of time you've got a bit of a buffer so just having those buckets of money that you can draw on in the event of an emergency insurance is another important one so that's that's where people get hurt buying large assets whether that's shares or property is when they're forced to sell whereas if you're in a comfortable position then you know you can ride through the the volatility that the market can provide in the short term is there is there any key key takeouts or, or key lessons from from this we want to i think the key lesson if, if we look over the last 12 months is don't get too alarmist and the same thing was happening with the share market last year mm. you know we, we we had clients sort of not not necessarily calling us in panic but you know at the back end of last year the market fell 12 percent, and there was all these so-called experts saying oh we're going to head into you know a bear market there's going to be you know a further downturn another gfc and that hasn't happened yet and inevitably, there will be a downturn. But if you're selling out in that downturn, when do you get back in? And you might sell out at a point and the market continues to go up. So although there will be a downturn eventually, it's the question I always ask is, but how much further is the market going to go up before it falls? So just remain balanced in your views, I think. Mm. Get all the information, not just watching some news report that's fairly alarmist. There, there is, I think with yeah, with property, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't let those kind of articles or opinions um cloud your cloud the decisions that you're going to make do your research understand the market you're going to buy in there, there is a lot of i think there is still a bit of pessimism out there you know in in the world um you know people think a recession's coming um not everyone but a lot of people you kind of well it probably is coming but it's when isn't it like it yeah it could be one year it could be two years it could be three years inevitably there will be a recession somewhere in the world but if you if you panic too early and you sell out, what are you missing out on? And what's the point in doing that? I think that's that's what I'd be saying to people. But I think the proper the proper the the rhetoric around the property market is definitely it's definitely turned. I, I feel like it's turned. It was yeah. It was much you know when that a year it's not ago as alarmist perhaps people aren't as concerned as what they were. Yeah, when that that report was you know aired a year ago, it was definitely a different feel back then. And yeah, um, you know whether it's bottomed, who knows? We're not trying to predict that. But I just feel like the the sentiment or the you know the rhetoric around the the property market has definitely improved. People and sometimes sentiment can be everything, because as we we're mm. saying, if people think a recession is going to happen, a recession probably will happen because people aren't spending, you know, investing in their businesses. And it's the same with property. If people think there's a recovery, then they're more inclined to get a bit more confidence to to buy. Um, so so once again, we'll, we'll wrap up there. But just to kind of conclude, um, you know, if you are looking to buy any asset, whether it's property, you know, shares, whatever it might be. Um, you know, take a long-term view, um, do your research, try not to get um, kind of sucked into the headlines. So um, hope you enjoyed our first podcast back after a little break. So we look forward to, you know, bringing a few more to you in the, in the coming weeks. Um, look forward to having you next week. Thanks everybody for listening again to another episode of the Money Mentors podcast. Um, if you enjoy the, the content, please do subscribe to the podcast um, via um, any good po- podcasting app. Um, once again, please check out our major sponsors website, Hewison Private Wealth. Um, so just just search for Hewison Private Wealth online. Also check out Hewison Private Wealth's 
um, social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, Thanks again. We'll see you next week.